Martin, Vince, and Joe as they dissect current affairs and dig deep into the human experience. All right, everyone, welcome into another Friday edition of Top of the Key. I am Stefan, and I am joined by a different guest host today. Uh, I am Nick DeGroote, back LP again. Yeah, Nick's been here before. Uh, we had him a couple weeks ago for um, our show from the Fantasy Football League, where you were one of our finalists. And then uh, you were on one of our podcasts earlier in the year, I think, too. I did do a pie. I did fill in on a podcast episode as well. Yeah. It's always good times. Well, welcome again. Yeah, uh, dude, I'm pumped. Thanks just for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, Justin is out again this evening. Uh, he'll be back next week. Um, hopefully, we'll do a podcast. We're going to try to put together an NFL offseason uh, review. It's going to be kind of extensive and big. We might break it up. Uh, but we've just been really busy. Justin's starting a new job again next week. Uh, so, you know, it's how life goes, I guess. Uh, but this is Top of the Key you're listening to. We are on Riverwest Radio, 104.1 FM, Milwaukee. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash top of the key podcast. You can find our iTunes page. It has all of our archived uh, shows, all of our archived podcasts. Everything is up there. Uh, it might take an extra day for us to put this up there since uh, Justin's not here tonight. Uh, what else do I have? Oh, I have Twitter at stuff on sports. Um, and I'm going to let Nick plug uh, his podcast because he has a uh, podcast as well. Oh, yeah. Me and my wife host a podcast called Everything is Temporary. It's just a kind of off the cuff, slightly organized funny good time podcast slightly organized yeah like, that. like our notes are very much like not that much <laughs> it's like points to touch on That's yeah well i mean we don't have a whole lot of notes for this show either maybe people can notice maybe people can't uh but uh yeah we um i mean we put together a little outline for stuff but we generally don't write up a lot of stuff for the show so it's very off the cuff um sometimes that can be very beneficial and sometimes you know we forget what we're saying or we don't know what we're saying, but that's uh, the beauty of, you know, being Miss on quotes and everything. Oh yeah. But you know what? I will say, uh, we are pretty good about if we make a mistake the next show, we try to correct it or call ourselves out because, uh, that's the one thing we want to make sure with this show is that, um, everything that we talk about is correct. The numbers, the facts, et cetera, because there's so much, um, mis and disinformation in the sports world and the sports journalism world. Um, and so sometimes it's hard to weed through all of that. I mean, I guess it's like that in all news outlets nowadays, but uh, especially sports since there's so much money in it and the social media aspect, is, you know, there's so much fame and social media surrounding it uh, and stuff, but it is what it is. Um, but yeah, we're going to get into some NFL stuff. We got the Super Bowl oh, this yeah. weekend. Uh, the Patriots are in, in again, unfortunately. What is this, number nine? It is number nine in the, uh, the uh, Brady Belichick era. They went to... The one with uh, Drew Bledsoe as well. I don't know if they went to one before that. I actually don't think they did, uh, but I have to double check on that. They That's did one. Of the one that we don't know. I think I remember seeing some jer- like the jerseys they wore for each one, and I remember the old seeing an old Patriots one. It's possible they might have. Um, you know, let's see. I'll look that up. We'll get we'll get that uh, uh, there in a minute. Um, but yeah, they're going to be playing the L.A. Rams, and I did see um, something interesting uh, that. Every time that New England has had a rematch of a team that they've previously played in the Super Bowl, that they've lost. Uh, so they 
previously played uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, it was, I think, their second or third Super Bowl where they beat the Eagles. They beat T.O. and McNabb. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they lost to them last year. And then they played the Giants in the Super Bowl and lost to them. And then they lost in the rematch again. Eli beat them. And the first Super Bowl that Brady ever won was that game against the Rams with Kurt Warner, the greatest show on turf. I remember that game I, very funny. I know. The game before that was the tuck rule. It was yeah. a very uh, animus time in my uh, in my youth. But they now play the Rams in another rematch. And obviously, every other player is completely different except for Tom Brady. Uh, Vinatieri is still kicking, not on the Patriots, though, but he's still still kicking in the league. He's got that gray beard. It's pretty, pretty <laughs> fantastic. Um, the kicker longevity in the NFL is crazy. Yeah, it's getting uh, older and older. And I mean, I guess you can say that about um, most most sports. As uh, um, so, the New England Patriots did also appear in a Super Bowl in 1986. They were uh, that was the year the '85 Bears destroyed them, 46 to 10. Uh, so they did appear in uh, two Super Bowls before the Brady era. So this will be number 11 for them as a franchise total. Um, as much as I hate the Patriots, um, you have to respect the way that they do everything, the 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 attention to detail that they always show, and the ability for Bill Belichick and these coaches to change out players um, and still are able to get their message across, are still able to have their players, um, you know, not making those mental mistakes like we see pretty much f- far too often in the NFL. It's what costs teams games. I mean, Belichick has that great line of, you know, games aren't won, they're lost. And we see that uh, a lot with New England where they just play their game and they just wait for you to beat yourself. And then they take advantage of that and put you out. I think I heard some stat that they have never won a Super Bowl by more than six Mm-hmm. And they've never That's lost true. the Super Bowl by more than eight. They've all been very close. Uh, the Super Bowls that they've generally won have been on field goals. I know the vin- the first one they won against the Rams was on a field goal. Oh, my God. I was a huge Rams fan at that time. Yeah, so. I was too. I loved Marshall Falk and Kurt Warner and Torrey Holt and Isaac Bruce. That was a great team. It was fun to watch. Yeah, that was... Um, that was like a you know a great time because defense was still played back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, now we have you know basically no defense in the NFL, which is uh, as much as I love you know fantasy football and you know I like exciting football, but to me defense is also still a part of football, mm-hmm. and I want to see good defense too. I don't want to just see you know offenses go up and down the field, and there's no suspense in the outcome. Then we know the offenses are basically going to score on every possession almost. Yeah, pretty much. And it comes down to which defense is going to make basically one stop. I mean, that's what it came down to last year in the Super Bowl with the Eagles and the Patriots. No team were able to stop the other until the Eagles made the one strip sack, and that was that mm-hmm. was the difference in and the game. Defense changing things. Well, I mean, like it's supposed to be half, or I guess theoretically a third of football but uh, special teams is obviously on the field far less mm-hmm. it'd actually be interesting to see the breakdown of of how that all plays out but we're going to get into um some more about the super bowl and our predictions in just a little bit we got a couple of um, things in the nfl first that we want to go over. we're also going to pick out some nfl awards for this season uh, the mvp who we think is mvp offensive player of the year etc um, i think that'll be interesting i think a lot of them will probably be the same but uh, we might have a few differences and then we're gonna go into the nba um the all-star reserves were announced uh justin and i picked who we thought should have made the all-star game last week so we can kind of compare on that Uh, we'll talk some snubs we'll talk the porzingis trade the anthony davis trade request um and maybe Kyrie a little bit those two kind of 
are um, I don't want to say tied at the hip, but uh, have are, are relevant to each other just because the Celtics can't obtain Anthony Davis without uh, getting rid of Kyrie some way. But let's gear back with our pull-ups here, and let's start in the NFL with Julius Peppers announcing his retirement. He played a number of years with Carolina and then um, signed as a free agent. He was with the Bears and then the Packers uh, for a few years and then ended uh, the last two years in Carolina. He played until he was 38. Uh, That's pretty incredible for the, a defensive end. The guy was um, was incredible from the moment he stepped on the field. He was a, a freak of nature in, in college uh, where he went to um, yeah North Carolina. Um, and he was, uh, I mean, he was the number two pick. You saw, you know, he was six seven, six eight. He was, you know, anywhere from 280 to 290. He can play inside. He can play outside. Uh, even when he was in Chicago, uh, they could put him in the 3-4 front. He could play a little outside linebacker, pass rushing outside linebacker. I mean, he can do a little bit of um, everything. And he um, he was one of my favorite players for a long time. I'm actually surprised I never, have, never had a Julius uh, Peppers jersey. I could see you rocking a Carolina one. Yeah. I, uh... You know, the other one I always wanted was a, a Steve Smith. That's, uh, yeah. But uh, by the time he was, um, by the time I got or wanted one, he was already gone. So I got a Ravens one, which is, you know, that's fine. Uh, but Julius Peppers ends his career with 159 uh, sacks. And that's I'm just like going to. fourth, I think I heard on uh, yeah, the all time list. Double check here real quickly. Uh, da 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 da. He is, wait a second, nope, that's not right. This is all-time franchise sack leaders. That's not what we want <laughs> because I don't care who everyone's. Uh, yes, he is fourth uh, with 159.5. He's nine ahead of Chris Dolman. He's only a half a sack behind Kevin Green, um, but about 40 behind uh, Reggie White and, and Bruce Smith. But that's, to me, pretty incredibly racked up. Like I said, I mean, part of it is longevity. Uh, in 2017, so just last year, when he was 37 years old, he had 11 sacks. That's that's crazy. Um, had five this year. He um, only one year. Uh, in 2007, he played 14 games and only had two and a half sacks. But every other year, other than that, except for his last year, he had at least seven. Uh, the most he ever had in one season was 14 and a half. Uh, so he never had, you know, those 20 sack years like we're seeing some guys have now i mean aaron donald had 20 and a half this year justin houston had 20 a couple of years ago i mean you're seeing guys get in that 15 to 20 range mm-hmm. um, more consistently now and i mean there's more passes now than you know in 2002 2003 2004 when julius peppers was playing so the game has sort of shifted uh but he um he was a great player for a long time he's got 11 career interceptions as well for uh, four he has four defensive touchdowns so and two fumble recoveries for a touchdown so he scored six times um, done pretty much everything, and I think he's obviously going to be, uh, you know, first ballot Hall of Famer. I don't oh, think there's definitely. any doubt. Um, I, d- I uh, actually just watched a video of him playing running back in high school. Oh, man. And they did basically did what the Bears did with the refrigerator, but it wasn't just goal line. It was like run, give him the ball, and let 10 kids try and tackle, tackle him. him. Yeah, can't bring him down. He um, – at the combine, so this was uh, he weighed about two hundred ninety-five pounds last year. Um, at the combine, he weighed in at two eighty-three, so he's Jesus. like right in that Aaron Donald kind of. I mean, he's a lot taller than Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald's only about six one or six two, I think. Uh, and Julius Peppers is over six six, um, but he he's right in that like that right in that mold for him to play anywhere on the line and mm-hmm. be successful. Um, I think that was one of the one of the reasons that 
I mean, not outside of his athleticism, was he was just obviously super skilled, but was able to move around the line and, and was able to keep his career um, going. And unfortunately, he did not win a Super Bowl. Um, was close uh, a couple times was in the playoffs with the Packers. Obviously, we know he's not going to ever win a Super Bowl with the Bears. But yeah. <laughs> um, I, I'm glad I got to see a lot of good Julius Peppers years. I feel like coming to Green Bay, he was a little bit rejuvenated. And just ready to go. I think he also really liked Dom Capers. They had a huge like connection. That was one good Ted Thompson free agency signing right there. Yeah, and actually when he played in Green Bay, since they played the 3-4, he was in the outside linebacker pass rush mold. And he spent three years in Green Bay. Uh, he played what? He played all 48 games, and he had uh, 24 and a half sacks there in three years. So he averaged just over 80 a year. That's pretty solid for a guy that you're paying, uh, that you're um, playing from 33 to 36. Uh, you don't really expect that type of production anymore from guys like that. And um, the Packers have been diligent with who they sign in free agencies. They've just signed some of those older vets, like guys like Charles Woodson. It's been very fruitful mm-hmm. uh, for them. So I got to commend them on that. And then obviously a smart move for Carolina to, to bring him back. Um, you know, the last two years and, and get something out of him while he's able to uh, to still play. And like we said, he's going to be, uh, no question, a Hall of Famer and one of the best, you know, pass rushers ever. And he never had any issues off the field. He was always a, a, a great guy. and He was always uh, pretty healthy from what I can of. remember, too. He never really had injury problems. Yeah, like I said, um, there was only a few seasons where he missed um, – you know, more than a couple games. I'm just going to double check really quickly. And Let's that just see. happens in the NFL. You just um, get beat up. And I mean, the least amount of games he's ever played in a season is 12. And that was one time. And he played 14 once. And that's... Is that it? Wait. Holy cow. So he's missed two... He's missed six games in one... Like 17 years. That's that's crazy that's yeah he's that's, a freak of nature that's incredible that is i didn't even notice that I, I i was looking at some of the games started so some of it was like 8 11 whatever and i just in my head i wasn't thinking that but yeah he's only missed six games in uh in 17 years i mean that was you know one of the things with khalil mack before this year i mean he played four straight years to the raiders never missed a game uh was always out there and then he missed a couple of uh games this year with the bears and wasn't fully healthy and, mm-hmm. and you can see the how uh how much of an effect that had on the rest of the defense um and while Julius Peppers, I would never consider as dominant as uh, like a guy like Khalil Mack or an Aaron Donald. He was um, just right under that. Yeah, he was like uh, a one, still one B. Yeah, he had to like one A, one B it. Yeah, I'm with He's you. He was, he was fantastic. And um, kudos to him and uh, all the best to him. And uh, the Panthers are going to have to replace him. You know, I mean, they have some young guys uh, that I like on the ends. Uh, and their defense was pretty solid this year. They have a lot of work to do all the way around. Uh, with Cam Newton. Actually, that was one thing that we forgot to talk about a few weeks ago on our podcast that I forgot to bring up, uh, that Cam Newton, it's possible um, he may sit for uh, a part of the season, if not all the season next year. David, um, what is their new owner's name? Tepper? Tapper? I think that's who it was. Something like that. Um, he was talking, and he kind of let that slide. It was probably not something he necessarily should have said, uh, but um, he said that Cam Newton might have to sit. We saw that with Andrew Luck with his shoulder injury, where they decided to sit him and rest him until he was fully healthy. And you saw that that was sort of the right move because he was fantastic this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so they might have to do that with Cam. We'll see. Uh, but let's let's move on because uh, as much as I love Judas Peppers, uh, we got to keep gotta moving keep here. Move it on. Uh, there's only one more thing I want to quickly talk about before we get into the Super Bowl. Um, there's a report saying that the Miami Dolphins are expected to cut Ryan Tannehill. 
I think this is sort of a, a long time coming. Uh, he didn't play much the last two years. I actually felt like Adam Gase sort of got a raw deal being down in Miami. He had to deal with Jay Cutler and Brock Osweiler and barely healthy Ryan Tannehill, and he was only a game under 500. Yeah. Uh, so to me, that was impressive, and I think he's going to do a great job with the New York Jets. Um, Especially with Sam Darnold. Yeah, they decided to switch gears, and um, Brian Flores is likely going to be their coach. Uh, obviously he is still with the Patriots and they're in the Super Bowl. Um, but with the Dolphins making that move, uh, I think that they obviously needed to um, to make a change at quarterback. We know Ryan Tannehill is not going to get get it done for them anymore and they can't count on him to stay healthy. But it also adds now to this growing list of um, quarterbacks in the free agency pool, uh, guys like Tyrod Taylor, or Tarod Taylor, excuse me, guys um, like Ryan Tannehill. We'll see um, Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, Sam Bradford, uh, possibly Blake Bortles as well. There are reports that the Jaguars may release him. Now, the Jaguars have some of their own salary cap issues. Um, Right now, they're set to be around 8-ish million over the cap. Um, They will probably cut a few players to save money, guys like Barry Church, uh, tackle Jeremy Parnell. It's possible they might cut Malik Jackson. Um, Carlos Hyde might be gone. They're going to pay him almost $5 million. I can't see that happening. Um, Austin Safarian Jenkins, their tight end, he makes almost $5 million. I see him going. They might restructure some guys. But the big thing is going to be whether or not they release Blake Bortles. Uh, I mean, what it, they it, do was, it was shocking to me to see the... Jaguar stick with him after last year I couldn't believe it I thought they'd at least do something even bringing in a guy like a Teddy Bridgewater or Sam Bradford just someone established Ryan Fitzpatrick even someone that could push uh, Bortles at least a little bit if not you know be even better um the Dolphins have the 13th pick mm-hmm. and the Jaguars have the seventh pick um so it's possible one of those guys uh one of those teams will try to take a quarterback I mean the the Arizona Cardinals presumably are not, assuming no trades happen, the Cardinals probably aren't going to take a quarterback. They have Josh Rosen. The Niners have Garoppolo. The Jets have Darnold. The Raiders have Carr, but we'll see. Um, there are reports out of Oakland that they're going to maybe take a quarterback and still keep Derek Carr, which doesn't make sense. Um, there's also a possibility they could try to trade Carr or release Carr. If they were to release Carr, he'd only count against uh, only count against the cap around $7.5 million, so it would certainly be doable. They'd free up about... Uh, $15 million or so in cap space just by releasing him. So it's very possible that they could look for a quarterback there. But the Buccaneers have Winston. The Giants are at number six are probably the first team that you're looking at making a, a, a draft at quarterback there, maybe with Dwayne Haskins. Um, obviously with trades, that would totally change the game. One of the teams might move up. Um, but I think uh, you – obviously I think Miami's doing the right thing. Do you think the Jaguars should release – Blake Bortles, I um, hang on. I have the stats for his. Uh, I just don't know what they're gonna do at quarterback because I don't think there's much coming out of the draft since uh, a lot of pe- quarterbacks that were going to come out of the draft sounds like they're going back for well, another year. There's a few options that are going to be in the first round. There's probably going to be four first round quarterbacks. We're looking at Dwayne Haskins, possibly Kyler Murray, uh, Daniel Jones, and then possibly um, and, and Drew Locke. Those are the four guys that are being mentioned in that first-round category. People are kind of polarized on Kyler Murray. Is he a first-round pick? Is he a third-round pick? Where are teams going to take him? Um, 
You know, we saw that with oh, yeah, Johnny Manziel. There were there were guys saying that they would take him number one. There were people that wouldn't take him until the third or fourth round because of you know other factors. I mean, so and, and obviously that's a little bit of a different thing, but um, you know his size, et cetera. That's going to have some people turned off, some people not. They're going to say, okay, Russell Wilson can do it, Drew Brees can do it, et cetera, or you know Baker Mayfield's a little shorter. Like mm-hmm. these guys can do it, but um, Kyler Murray's tiny. Uh, we're going to see at the combine. What he weighs out, what he what he um, tops height wise, how big his hands are, things like that. That I've might, read reports uh, affect that. I read reports he's anywhere from five nine to five eleven. That's like how it varies. He's, yeah, he's listed supposedly I think at five ten or five eleven, which usually their listed height is an inch or two mm. taller. Uh, we see that in the NBA a lot too. Uh, you know, Draymond Green six nine when he's really like six 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 seven. Uh, you know, stuff like that. So. Um, that's why the combine is going to be important for these teams because everyone, everyone's going to see standing right there what he what he looks like, what he measures at, how much weight he can put on, etc. Um, going back to the Jaguars for just a second, though, they could draft a quarterback, one of those quarterbacks that can make a move up. It would certainly um, help to have a rookie quarterback with their cap issues. Mm-hmm. Um, but if the, the the Jaguars, if they released Blake Bortles now or before twenty nineteen. Uh, before 2019, the league year begins, which I think is March 1st. Uh, I believe that's right. Uh, it, it would count $16.5 million against the cap. So they'd only be saving about $5 million. Uh, if they released them after June 1st, though, so this would be after free agency, etc., um, they would only count 11.5 against the cap. So they'd free up almost $10 million. Um, so I, otherwise, it's going to be about $21 million for him to stay on the team. I mean, is it worth cutting the guy to save only ten million, six to ten million dollars? I mean, I just don't think you can have him on the team moving forward. I don't think the defense believes in him. I don't think the players believe in him. The coaching staff believes in him. And if that is, if that is the environment that he's in, I don't think he can succeed. And so I think any change is, is good. better. Any change and is good change. we saw how terrible he was. Uh, you know, they were three and one this year in beating the Patriots, and everyone was like, "Whoa!" Like they're for real and like maybe they can get there and then they just collapsed and Bortles could do nothing. He got benched for Cody Kessler mm-hmm, for God's bad. sake. Like it, I will say they never really put Blake Bortles in a position to succeed though. We see time and time again, they have a lack of talent at wide receiver. They don't throw the ball. They don't, um, they don't do those things. Well, Leonard Fournette's not a great pass catching back out of the backfield. I mean, he can do it, but he's that's not his forte. And he's injured a lot. Yeah, and so I just don't think that they've been um, sort of scheming Blake Bortles into doing what he can do best. And I don't think, certainly don't think Blake Bortles is very good. I was so happy that the Jaguars took him that year. It allowed the Raiders to get Khalil Mack. And, I mean, outside of me just not loving his tape... One of the main, not one of the main, but one of the big reasons that I wasn't a fan of Blake Bortles as a franchise quarterback was just his name. I just didn't think <laughs> that it was going to translate. Like, you can't have the guy. Blake Bortles can't be a star Blake in the Bortles NFL. Blake Bortles can have and, no legacy. Yeah, and it just it sort of worked out that way. He was never really good from the start. I never saw it in him. I just didn't understand it. It was the same thing with uh, with a guy like you know Blaine Gabbert that they picked. I just, I just never saw it. I never saw the talent. What they th- the upside that they thought was in this guy to justify those high picks. I, th- I thought it was insane. They've been burned several times uh, with their quarterback picks uh, in the last few years, and, and they have to get it right. I mean, whether they draft a um, whether they draft a quarterback or sign a guy in free agency or make a trade. I mean, Nick Foles might be a guy that's like a win now 
quarterback for this team that you could get for maybe like a second or third round pick. So you could still keep that, um, you know, especially since they have a top 10, you know, pick in each round. If you could give up that second round and keep that first round pick, maybe you could even take, uh, you know, get fulls and then draft a quarterback for the future or you could add something else. But they're going to have to restructure some guys and, and maybe make some cuts uh, if they want to add a quarterback uh, and get rid of Bortles if it's not going to be a rookie because um, the free agency market is going to be full of full of quarterbacks um, this year. And, again, none of them are fantastic necessarily. Uh, but I think Kyler Murray will there. succeed in, at an NFL level. I think his just raw talent is there. He just It depends what team he goes to. If he gets put in the right system, right quarterback coach, right head coach, offensive coordinator, all that stuff. I think that's like quarterback is the most crucial position when it comes to draft day for teams. Like if especially if you're drafting a quarterback that you need to start relatively soon. That's like you got to hit. Yeah, and Jacksonville is in that now and that's why I think to me right now if I had to take a quarterback as the number one Dwayne Haskins is the pick. He's tall he's big he can throw he can make deep passes he um, he's definitely the most well-rounded quarterback he's really to me the only quarterback I would take I'd have to I have to see some more of um, some of the other quarterbacks I have to see some tape on like Daniel Jones and Drew Locke Um, but I'm not super convinced on either of them I'm also kind of on the fence about Kyler Murray like I can see it he's exciting but the way that he plays I'm just I'm not entirely sure it's going to work in the NFL. He's not going to be able to run the way that he can in college. That's true. And if the guy's only 5'9 or 5'10, I mean, yeah, Russell Wilson and Drew Brees and sort of Baker Mayfield are doing it. But Those are future Hall of Famers. You so. got Maybe not Baker Mayfield. Yeah. But, um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Excluding right, Baker Mayfield. Yeah, but you got tackles that are 6'7 and 6'8. These are guys that are almost a foot taller, possibly, than Kyler Murray. Like, is he going to be able – like, you can't hit the receiver in the hands if you can't see where the receiver is. Um, And that's my concern. And, again, I was a big fan of Russell Wilson's coming out of college. He was the most efficient quarterback in NCAA history. I could not believe he was not a first-round pick. I understand he wasn't six feet or whatever, but he wasn't too short. He was 5'11". Um, and he was built like he's he's strong. He he doesn't look like Kyler Murray or like a Johnny Manziel. These like skinnier, even Teddy Bridgewater, mm-hmm. who's that like thin, more wiry kind of guy. And I mean, we've seen though Bridgewater's injury didn't have anything to do necessarily with like his frame, but uh, we've seen some of those guys be kind of injury prone, and that would be my concern. Um, but I guess you know if the talent's there, you can always scheme something. But yeah, you might have to if you see offensive, you might have to draft a little few shorter offensive linemen mm-hmm. uh, to try to to try to make up for that. Yeah, if you draft a short quarterback, make sure you draft short <laughs> linemen too. <laughs> uh, I think oh, he should have played baseball. If, if I think well, here's here's the reason why I think he shouldn't. Okay, or go to the NFL first, because if you go to the NFL, you're going to be a first or second round pick. More than likely a first-round pick. He's going to sneak into the end of the first round, kind of like a Lamar Jackson, if not higher. Mm-hmm. And Lamar Jackson, uh, I forgot how much his signing bonus was. Let me double-check that because I think he was the last pick um, in the uh, first round this past year. Uh, let's see. Pulling this up. Pulling this up. Da, 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 da. So he is – Oh, this is not the thing that I wanted. Okay, fully guaranteed at signing is over eight million dollars. 
Um, and that's the last pick. Plus, that's just fully guaranteed at signing. That's not necessarily including uh, what he makes, like with roster bonuses and et cetera. Let me just double check this. Yeah. So he signed a, a four-year, $9.5 million deal with about 7.5 fully guaranteed at signing. Either way, you're getting probably close to $10 million. If not, I mean, the cap's going to go up. Draft's going to go up, or draft prices are going to go up, and you're probably not going to be the last pick necessarily. So he's going to probably make anywhere from, you know, 10 to $30 million in guaranteed money. I think Baker Mayfield was guaranteed $32-ish million being the first overall pick. Wow. So maybe it was a four for 32. Either way, whatever. Um, the point is, is you can make good money being that first round pick in the NFL. And then if you play for a few years, you know, three, four, five years, and it doesn't work out, you're still 26-ish, and you could try to play baseball. Right, that's a good point. Yeah, if you go play baseball and you play for the minors in a few for a few years, and like you don't make it to the bigs, and you're 25, 26, 27, and you can't, you're not going to make it in baseball, and you want to go play football, you're not going to break into football being out of it for five years and being 27 years old. Yeah, it's. I mean, I guess Kurt Warner did it, but like, (laughs) you know, he was also playing arena football and stuff. But you know, that's probably not going to happen, especially with how intricate the quarterback position is now. So I feel like the opportunity for baseball will still be there in the future. I mean, we've seen Tim Tebow is doing it. Not that he was ever, you know, baseball player. Russell Wilson could, you know, if he wanted to, you know, try that. If he were to suddenly retire today from the NFL, he could probably try to go play baseball. A team would pay him at least to try. He got drafted, didn't he? Yep. Yeah, by the Yankees. Or no. Yeah, I want to say the Yankees. Yeah. Um, And so I think that, you know, Kyler Murray, the immediate money – is in football because you can, you know, you'll be a, you know, you'll be famous and you'll get guaranteed money and all that. Uh, whereas in baseball, yeah, you'd still be a high draft pick. They're talking about changing the rules about paying um, rookies and doing mm-hmm. that more so they can try to lure him in. Um, but baseball, the big money is down the line when you hit the majors, when you've gone past arbitration, when you can get into free agency and you're seeing these, you know, three hundred million dollars, hundred and fifty, two hundred million dollar deals. But until then, you're paid relatively. Um, rel- not well, um, yeah, especially in comparison to yeah, um, like where that is. Like I'm about to look up how much Aaron Judge makes real quick, because I think he only makes like eight hundred thousand dollars, which is you know like a fifth round pick in the NFL or something. Right. Uh, Aaron Judge right now uh, his contract's worth six hundred twenty two thousand dollars. Jesus, you know what I'm saying? Like that's why I'm saying that the big money isn't until you are really good in baseball and can kind of weed through that. Whereas you take the money in football now. That's true. And then you can go to baseball in the future and still play in the minors and, and work your way up. I guess I was thinking a like guaranteed contract. That's all I was really thinking. It's just a matter but of getting to that. Guaranteed do you contract. and does he ever get there? Yeah, yeah. and you, we see so many guys. You know, guys are in the minors for ten years. You know, or guys will never make it up to the big leagues. Or guys, you know, I mean, it just. It's just a way of life in baseball where there's like you have to work your way up so hard, whereas in football you're kind of just you got it or you don't. You're either in or you're out. Where um, baseball seems to take some time. To there's kinda, so many minor leagues too: A, single A, like high A. <laughs> the other thing a lot of people were talking about was that um, in baseball, you or football versus baseball, in football he'll he'll get drafted in the first or second round he's gonna be a star right away whether or not he plays a lot people are gonna know who he is etc they're gonna buy jerseys all that whereas if you go into baseball you're not gonna be on the field anywhere for a while and we um i saw a stat that 
um, none of the top like ten picks from last year are in the are in Major League Baseball, and the top ten picks from the year before, I think there was like two. And then from the year before, there was like four or five. So we're not even seeing guys two in two or three years, not even all these top 10 picks into the majors. Right. And so that's why my concern, if I was him, I'd say take the quick money in football. And if football doesn't work out for you, you could still go back to baseball. Whereas if you take baseball first, you can't go back to football. Yeah, you got to do one first and then the other. It yeah. can't be the other way around. That makes sense. That's a good, that's and a honestly, good point. Honestly, I don't know enough about baseball scouting or anything to talk about how good he is at baseball or how good of a pitcher he is or anything like that. Um, I don't know enough about that to, to get into that. But um, as far as uh, an NFL, I mean, I watched a little bit of tape on him. I got to watch some more because I think I would just watch stuff from this year. Um, but uh, he has, you know, electrifying talent. It's just going to be a matter of can it translate to the next level. Right. All right. Let's uh, shift gears here into the Super Bowl. And then we'll get into our quick NFL awards, and then we'll get into the NBA. Um, so this is an interesting Super Bowl because now there is zero players that are going to be out for the Super Bowl. No one's on the injury report. No one's being held out. Like everyone is fully healthy, ready to go. That's kind of cool. I like that. I uh, yeah, that's really cool. I mean, actually. obviously there's players on injured reserve, but everyone that's on the team is healthy, ready to go. So I mean, I don't want to say no excuses, but uh, kind of no excuses. I feel like as long as the game is officiated okay, both teams are good enough to overcome a bad call, unless it's obviously something late in the game. If you leave Tom Brady Time. down a touchdown, yeah, if you leave, he needs 45 seconds and he can assassinate you. That's, uh, yeah, that's my, that was exactly what happened <laughs> What happened with the Chiefs. Uh, I mean, they actually had the game won, if not for D Ford. Uh, mm-hmm. But, the worst thing I think that could happen for the NFL after we just got off two games in the in the uh, championship games that were marred by missed calls and penalties and, and things like that. I think the worst thing that could happen for the NFL is to have this game be decided by some kind of call or missed call or a, you know, a roughing the passer. Or some, yeah, just something like that that's just going to kill the whole feeling and the whole vibe there because i mean even last year we saw a largely largely a game with no defense we saw defensive play change the game and i don't really remember i mean the the Corey clement touchdown the catch thing um i remember that being a little controversial but i don't remember any other like roughing calls or pi calls that were um that we were talking about that were like, oh my God, I can't believe this happened uh, last year. So I think that that is important. You want the game to stand out and not, and the players to stand out and not the, not the officials. You want uh, Max Kellerman and Stephen A to be talking about the game, not the poor officiating. And that's usually what we've been talking about recently, unfortunately. So I guess with no further ado, I mean, who you got? Rams. Rams by seven. Okay. I'm going to take the Patriots because even though I you know God, I don't want to. <laughs> yeah. But I think it to me it's just a win-win. Because if they win, I hate it, but I'm right. If they lose, I don't care that I'm wrong because I'm so happy that they lost. Uh, and that's usually what I just got to do. I picked the – stupidly picked the uh, – was it? I think I picked the Chargers over them a couple weeks ago. And I was just I like, nope, too. I know exactly what's going to happen. They're going to they're gonna beat the, the Chiefs. And I actually thought uh, – 
the Chiefs were very lucky to be in that game. After the first quarter, I thought it was going to be 17 to nothing. And Brady uh, threw that red zone pick, and that sort of changed the game, allowed KC to stay in the game. He doesn't throw that pick, and they score there. They're up 14 nothing. Like, yeah, that's bad. It's yeah, it's it's almost over already. So that um, I, I just can't pick against them. Like I'd put money on them until they prove me otherwise. I keep saying that um, until they show me that right. somebody can be on their level and just beat these people like i don't understand why it's so difficult and why so many other coaches in the nfl don't understand like he what he's doing like i understand every coach can't just be like the blank face belichick popovich like whatever and i'm not saying that they should be but his approach to the details and the way that he has his players mentally prepared i don't understand why every other coach isn't doing the exact same thing why they aren't expecting the same out of their players why d4 doesn't line up on sides when it's the most crucial play of the game, maybe a third down. Potentially a crucial play of his life. Yeah. Like, most I mean, you could basically literally say Kansas City, like, fans, like, I'm surprised he didn't get death threats, honestly. He might have. I don't know. He may but, have. I mean, Twitter. he literally cost him the game. They, he doesn't line up offsides. And again, his offsides had nothing to do with the play. Like, if he had lined up offsides and beat the tackle and got to the quarterback or he jumped early or something, that'd be different. But he's on the other side. Uh, Brady Dang. threw a quick pass to Gronk and went right through his hands, and they had the game won. Uh, but, again, the Patriots just somehow like find that way. They got that bogus roughing call. I almost just swore on Ooh. radio. <laughs> uh, but they got that bogus, bogus roughing call You know where Chris Jones hit Brady in the chest with his arm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, again, stuff I don't want to be talking about. Uh, but let's now switch gears. Let's go into the oops. Let's go into the off-season um, award, or what we think maybe for the off-season awards. I want to know. Uh, we're gonna pick some stuff here. Uh, who do you have for MVP of the league? Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, Pat Mahomes. Yeah, I don't think there's really any debate here. The guy threw 50 touchdowns. He was the best quarterback in the league from start to finish. Uh, for a while, it was between him and Breeze, but the Saints hit a hit a wall sort of in the last third or so of the they season. Hit like a three-game losing streak or something like that. Yeah, and Breeze just didn't look the same after that Cowboys game. He was getting pressured up the middle. He was under-throwing passes. He was missing guys. I mean, I know they are missing Ted Ginn, and they don't have a lot of receiver help there, which is something that they need to work on. Um, but... They just didn't do enough on offense, which yeah. was incredibly disappointing from from a Champagne team. They so can't throw I'm it to Michael Thomas every time. But they got uh, um, Kamara and Ingram. Like they need to utilize that more too. Mm-hmm. Uh, like last year, they were great, and Brees only threw twenty two touchdowns and six picks, and they just ground and pounded it. Um, and I think and they can they both do. catch. They're both pretty mm-hmm. decent. They got pretty decent hands for running backs. I don't know why they're not honestly on the field more together too. We're seeing, um, you know, the Patriots have been doing that a lot lately with M- Sony Michelle and James White mm-hmm. because both could carry the ball, both can catch the ball. Who's one could go to? out, one could pay pass protect. Like, yeah, you don't know who's coming out of the backfield. You don't know all these things. So, like, I'm not sure why they don't put them on the field more together. Um, maybe that's something Champagne should look into. I think that's just Belichick too. Like. He's scheming all the time. There's like things that stand out about Belichick that when they like ask why he doesn't commit to a three four or a four three, he was like because we want run what's appropriate for yeah, that every that time. offense. Every yeah, every play he changes it. Or I mean, maybe not every play, but play to play, he'll run what's appropriate for what he thinks the offense is scheming. Yeah. I just think that's the the Belichickian advantage. He's just a mad scientist. Of like football players, he's the best, and like I said, more people should copy what he's doing and be good at it. Um, all right, let's. Uh, we both agreed with the MVP. Let's move into the offensive player of the year. What do you think? 
I mean, Todd I guess you Gurley. could go Mahomes I, again, I, I, I would say Todd Gurley, just to, to switch it up. Todd Gurley had a great season. Yeah, I agree. I um, that's a that's a solid pick. The other guy I was actually looking. At, I just want to double check God Gurley's stats real fast. Twelve hundred yards, seventeen touchdowns. That's pretty good. Played fourteen games. He had fifty nine catches for another five hundred and eighty yards and four touchdowns. He had twenty one touchdowns. That's pretty impressive. Um, the other guy I was thinking of was maybe Tyree Kill. Uh, he had oh, a yeah, yeah. he had eighty seven catches for fourteen hundred and seventy nine yards, twelve touchdowns. Uh, he also had, let me see if I can find his returning stats here. The cheetah. He had um, a punt return for a touchdown this year as well. I think he's going to be my pick uh, just because, I mean, I guess I could say Mahomes again here just because, duh. Uh, but I'm going to go with Tyreek Hill, give uh, the Chiefs, I guess, some more love. But Gurley would probably be my second choice there. Or if not, I mean, he wouldn't if he won it or whatever, I wouldn't be opposed. Uh, let's move to Defensive Player of the Year. I would love to do NFC and AFC, but we don't have enough time. So let's just do Defensive Player of the Year. What, uh, I mean, uh, Aaron Donald. <laughs> uh, yeah, Aaron Donald. I can't. I, f- I want to say Khalil Mack, but he missed a big chunk of time. Yeah, he missed some games, and the Bears just weren't quite the same without him. And not that the Rams' defense was really that great, but if you got to give it to like a single player, that's why I would choose Aaron Donald. And for a while, there was people saying Aaron Donald for MVP. And if the Rams defense was as good as the Bears defense. Like if you swapped them and like the Rams were stopping people, they're number one defense in the league, then I might actually give Aaron Love Aaron Donald some love for MVP because the unit is so great and he's a part of it. Whereas he's doing so well, but the Rams defense this year really struggled in a lot of areas. And while he played individually well, I just can't give him the MVP for that. But so I'm giving him obviously defensive player of the year. Yeah, so he'll be sure. back to back. Uh, let's go with uh, Offensive Rookie of the Year to start. What do you think? Saquon Barkley. Yeah. yeah I just don't see. He was heads and head and shoulders above any other offensive rookie, I'll say. Yeah, I think it's sort of a two-guy race between Saquon Barkley and maybe Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield, he didn't start the first three games of the year, um, but he did throw more touchdown passes than any rookie quarterback ever has, which is uh, pretty impressive com- considering considering you know, the team he plays for. Yeah, and considering early. the um, considering uh, he missed a f- you know a few games too mm-hmm. with how much people are throwing. But yeah, I think Saquon is the obvious choice. Uh, what do you think about defensive rookie of the year? Um, I don't really know much about the the defensive rookies this year. I'll be honest. So the two that I'm thinking of, one of them I was super upset that the Raiders did not take was Derwin James, uh, safety for the San, uh, Los Angeles Chargers. Excuse me. I think they took him 17 overall. He had this year. Let's see. Uh, he had three interceptions, um, 105 tackles. Uh, I guess the stats don't really read out what he d- how good he was on the field, but mm-hmm. I think um, it's going to be Darius Leonard, third round pick from the Indianapolis Colts. He had uh, 163 tackles, leading the league. Uh, he also had seven sacks, uh, 12 tackles for loss, four forced fumbles, and two interceptions, uh, which is pretty impressive. There's another guy I might give a couple votes to would be um, Leighton Vanderash mm-hmm. for the Cowboys. He really stepped into. Um, Sean Lee's role and him and Jalen Smith were a big reason the Cowboys were were a good defense this year. And uh, last one for players, let's talk about the comeback player of the year. So guys that were injured most of, if not all of last year and came back. Uh, I think there's I mean, Andrew Luck is the obvious choice. The Colts were great. They went to the playoffs. 
And I mean, the other two might be like Adrian Peterson, JJ Watt, but neither of them, you know, had a great season like Andrew Luck did. I would say I'm just gonna just for the sake of being different, JJ Watt, a little Homer goggles on. JJ Watt stayed healthy for I want to say the entire season. I don't think he missed a game this year, and that's pretty impressive considering he had been out for a majority of his career. He'd been injured a lot. Yeah. And, you know, the Texans' defense kind of came on, and, and they had that um, – they went 11-2 and two down the stretch after starting 0-3 and, uh, you know, made the playoffs, won the division, so that was pretty impressive. Uh, last one is the head coach of the year. Where are you going? Bill Belichick. Belichick again for the – what did the Patriots finish? 11-5? and five? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I'm going to – Sean McVay won last year, and – I sort of want to give it to – I don't really want to give it to Andy Reid because the Chiefs uh, – I want Andy Reid to win a Super Bowl, like, with the Chiefs so bad. I don't. I'm not a fan of Andy no. Reid. Like, I love – I like Patrick Mahomes, and it's going to suck being a Raiders fan for the next 15, 20 years because Mahomes is going to be so good. And I think Mahomes will win a Super Bowl with Reid. He's just too good not to. Like, mm-hmm. Andy Reid's not that incompetent. Uh, but it seems to me he always comes up short in these big games. The other um, – yeah, I just I'm not a fan of Andy Reid. I grew up Under, hating that's the Eagles understandable. and all that, and it's just I don't know. He just I don't know. Um, I gotta make a pick though, so I don't want to take Andy Reid. You know what? I'll take Anthony Lynn from the Chargers. That's a, uh, that's good. You know, a lot of people expected them to be like a borderline playoff team, and they ended up, you know, almost winning the division and being better than the the, the Chiefs. So this was uh, I remember reading this was one of Philip Rivers' like best seasons that he's ever had mm-hmm. as a quarterback, and he's getting he's getting up there in age too. I want to say he's around like the Tom Brady age, maybe not as old. Yeah, it's uh it's pretty it's pretty wild. They're getting everyone's getting up there. Um but um all right, let's um shift gears here. Let's talk about the NBA. We talked way too long about football. I didn't <laughs> expect it to go on that long. Yeah. Um so they uh, last week um Justin and I picked who we thought might make the All-Star team from the East and the West. I'm just going to quickly read off the people who made it from each team, and then we'll talk about kind of what we think. Uh, from the East, the choices were uh, the reserves are Bradley Beal from the Wizards, Blake Griffin from the Pistons, Kyle Lowry from the Raptors, Chris Middleton from the Milwaukee Bucks, Victor Oladipo for the Pacers, who we talked about last week, ruptured his quad. He's out for the year, and he was replaced by D'Angelo Russell from the Brooklyn Nets, Ben Simmons, and Nikola Vucevic from the Orlando Magic. Um, I didn't necessarily expect Vucevic to make it make it I had everyone else on this list um I didn't have D'Angelo Russell um I put who else did I put in I don't even remember that's gonna bother me I think I had Al Horford as one of them um and then oh I had Jimmy Butler Jimmy Butler I thought should have maybe made it over Vucevic but I can understand not giving Philly um three All-Stars, three all-stars yeah. but I thought Jimmy Butler was good enough to sort of warrant that uh what'd you think about the East picks I think they're pretty good. I feel like you have to. I don't see any names that stand out like that shouldn't be there. Yeah, I thought Butler should have made it over either Russell or um, or Vucevic. I I guess or I maybe would say Horford too. Chris Middleton. Maybe I'm not the he, biggest Chris Middleton fan, but he I know he made it. But I mean, the Bucks are too good. They have to have two All Stars. That's true. I mean, if Philly's got two, they have to have two. Uh, I think that that was he. He's just consistent and he's has a good all around game. I think that's important. He's efficient, which is incredibly important. He's on my yeah, he has team, been having. So. I guess I have to look at this year, not 
last year. Yeah, he has been and I knew a much better I year. knew once all these guys departed from the East, he was gonna have a good shot to make the play or to make the All Star team this year, and he he broke through, so that was impressive. Um, now let's talk about the West, where there was a little bit of weirdness I didn't expect. So in the West, the reserves are Lamarcus Aldridge from the Spurs, Anthony Davis from the Pelicans, Nikola Jokic from the Denver Nuggets, Damian Lillard from the Blazers, who's having one of his best seasons also on my fantasy team. Uh, Clay Thompson, who's having a down season a little bit. Carl uh, Anthony Towns from the Minnesota Timberwolves. And then Russell Westbrook from OKC. To me, I wouldn't have had Marcus Aldridge on this list. I was very surprised that he made it. I know that they really wanted to give the Spurs at least one all-star. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think DeMar DeRozan obviously deserved to uh, make it. Aldridge is averaging 21 and almost 9 this year, um, which is actually pretty good. Um, It's less than he was averaging points-wise, less than he was averaging last year. Um, So I guess maybe I can kind of see them just because, like I said, um, they wanted to give give the Spurs a, a guy. But, I mean, you're talking about the list of snubs from the Western Conference is super big. It's Rudy Gobert. Um, Donovan Mitchell, Luka Doncic, and those are probably only the three guys. I mean, you could talk about Tobias Harris or Mike Conley, um, or even Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday was actually a guy that I picked to make my Western All All Star team because I didn't think Mike Conley would make it. Um, I also did not pick out of the listed here. I did not pick Lamarcus Aldridge, and I did not pick Clay Thompson. And instead, I replaced them. Um, with uh who did i say i think luka Doncic was one of them and then drew holiday was the other drew holiday's averaging 21 and 8 and Doncic has been fantastic this year yeah. he was almost voted an all-star starter uh by the fans um i guess i, I have a little less beef uh with the clay thompson pick just because we know how good clay thompson is though he's sort of having like i said that down year mm-hmm. um i'm not sure that he maybe necessarily deserved to make it but i also think they wanted to give the Warriors still three all-stars because Draymond Green we knew wasn't going to make it this year and if it's just Steph and KD um you know oh Clay Thompson's actually averaging more than he was last year I didn't realize that uh he's averaging almost 22 a game he's shooting only 46 percent from the field which is down from last year and then only 38 percent from three uh he it's his lowest of his career he's never shot under 40 percent so uh, he's having a very down year uh, from three this year, a little bit down in uh, free throw percentage as well. He's only around 80% versus where he'd been before, which is hovering in about 85 to 86 range. Um, and to me, I mean, as much as I love Clay Thompson, he's not exactly the guy that you want to see in the All-Star game. All-Star game is a lot about, like, dunks and all this. And mm-hmm. Thompson's a – I mean, I guess it's fun to watch a guy get just, like, crazy hot in a game. I guess he can explode. We've seen in quarters go for, you know, 20, 30 points in a quarter. Right. Um, but I'm not necessarily sure that he was the right pick. As much as I love the Warriors and I'm a Warriors fan, I love Klay Thompson. Uh, I might have gone with, like I said, a guy like uh, like Drew Holiday or Rudy Gobert or Donovan Mitchell there. What do you I think? I think Luka Doncic. Or Doncic. I think, yeah. I think I think he was on my team too. Yeah. I think because of the fans almost voting him in as a starter, like alone, is like saying a lot. And he's as a rookie having a great year. He'll be he'll be there next year probably for sure. Definitely. You know some of these um, guys might move and then. Let's talk about Adam Silver made two late additions to the All-Star team, one for the East, one for the West. He added Dirk Nowitzki to the West and Dwayne Wade to the East. They're both going to be playing their last seasons. Do you like that or not? 
Yeah, I think it's like honorable mentions. Like let them let them get in. You know, they know that they're both retiring. Well, I guess Dirk could come back, or has he have come out officially and said he's retiring? I know Dwayne Wade said it's official that he's retiring. I just hadn't heard about Dirk, but I think it's just you know, pay respects. Let them. They won't be in very long. I can't imagine they play more than like five minutes. Yeah, I mean they're just gonna get in there as a fan thing. Um, I think I'm actually looking at this article from <clears throat> where they're talking about this, and the the person that wrote the article is actually advocating for the NBA to expand the All Star rosters from 12 to 13 because 13 is what a um, a roster is in the NBA. You have 13 players uh, where you have two inactives. And um, so I think that they could expand it to 13 and then you wouldn't necessarily have those issues. But I mean, as much as I, as much as it's for the fans and all that, again, yeah, I'm sort of, it sort of cheapens that when they're not really playing that much or not playing that well. And you're just like, okay, like, you know, we saw that with like Kobe in his last year, like Mm -hmm. he was awful, but still, you know, I mean, again, fans want to see that, I guess, and go out on that. And uh, I mean, Again, I can appreciate that. I just don't know if that's like the most exciting thing that I want to see is two super old dudes who basically can't play anymore <laughs> out on the court with the best players in the league. Uh, you know, like this year, Dirk. Uh, excuse me, this year Dwayne Wade is averaging 14 points, shooting 43% from the field, 33% from three. It's actually markedly better than uh, he was last year which is actually <laughs> kind of funny um and, going out with a bang yeah and Dirk Nowitzki this year he has appeared in only 20 games first of all he's shooting 34 percent from the field Wow. he's shooting under 30 slightly under 30 percent from three he's averaging four and a half points a game 4.4 points a game under two rebounds Guy's averaging four points a game, and he made the all-star team. Yeah, you know, that, I mean, see, that, I to me, that's, that's kind of bogus. Yeah, that's where I guess I would. I got much love for Dirk, but I'm sorry. Like, that to me is is just And he's made enough. Much. He's made enough. Yeah, he's been there almost every year. Like, he's he's got enough in his career uh, that, you know, that last one doesn't need to be that. All right, we don't have that much time left. We got to get into the big trade. Yes. Chris stops Porzingis, okay? Kind of came out of nowhere. He is getting or has already been dealt, I guess I should say. Uh, the Knicks decided to trade him to the Dallas Mavericks. The Knicks sent Kristaps Porzingis um, along with, where is this, with Courtney Lee, um, Trey Burke, and who else? I think there was one other player. Now I have to, I was it some, Tim Hardaway? I closed, uh, yes, it was Tim Hardaway. I closed the tab, and now I'm struggling to find it. Uh, so, uh, Courtney Lee, Tim Hardaway Jr., and Trey Burke went along with the uh, along with Porzingis to Dallas, and the Knicks received Dennis Smith Jr., DeAndre Jordan, Wes Matthews, and two future first round picks from the Mavs. Winners, losers. What did you like out of this? What did you not like? I team. I think that Doncic and Porzingis together is going to be crazy, as long as Porzingis stays healthy. I think he's big got if. he's got that big man syndrome as I'll call it. The Sean Bradley. Yeah, the <laughs> the weak knees, you know, the knees are gonna be rough on these big guys. You got big long limbs and your bones they can't take it sometimes. And he's shown to be sort of injury prone and he's been kinda had nagging injuries 
throughout the first few years of his season or of his career, it's possible that as he ages and he grows in his body and becomes a little bit stronger, maybe he gets healthier. Um, but for big men, it's it's alarming when they have knee issues and foot issues and leg issues earlier in their career. Um, he's coming off an ACL injury. Yeah, he's not going to probably play at all this year. If I'm Dallas, I'm not keeping him out there. I, I just don't understand what the Knicks are doing here. You have a young player who is a franchise caliber player. I know this deal allows you to free up cap space, but what good is cap space if you have a terrible owner and your GMs are showing they're not going to keep young talent, and why would a marquee free agent want to sign there? Especially because you'd have to get at least two to make that team even relevant. Mm -hmm. If just Kevin Durant went there, or just Kyrie Irving went there, or just Kawhi, or just Jimmy Butler or something, that team's not going to be any good. Like they'll, they'll be better, win, they'll but, win they, games, but they they, they maybe a fringe playoff team at best. I mean, you need a complete overhaul. I mean, maybe they get Zion Williamson and then they do that. I, I don't know what they're going to do. Um, the NBA draft is before free agency, unlike the NFL, so it kind of plays itself out that way before we get to see free agency. I like this move for Dallas. Um, they've been looking to shop Dennis Smith anyway. Um, because Doncic has clearly been better than him, and they're trying to prioritize him. Um, and Wes Matthews and DeAndre Jordan aren't expiring deals. They're just flipping them to, uh, you know, dump them. And uh, Salary the dumps. Knicks, uh, yeah, the Knicks will be freeing up on near seventy plus million dollars in cap space. And um, I think the Mavs could even maybe flip a Courtney Lee or a Tim Hardaway in the future. Um, but I like what they're doing. They're putting together. Um, this team but when you get rid of two future firsts and you don't have a ton of cap space now taking on some of that money they're gonna have to figure out another way because they have two good players you know Doncic and Porzingis are the building blocks but you still need a, another guy I mean we see you know the big three yeah you need at least three guys now um, and so they're Dallas is gonna have to figure out something but Mark Cuban's been really good about trying to lure free agents and stuff like that in What's Jimmy Butler's contract look like? I could see... He's a free agent this year. I could see them luring uh, Jimmy Butler to go play down there, maybe. I don't know his Well, they got Harrison Barnes there, too. I don't know um, if they... I mean, Jimmy could play the two. Uh, let's quickly... We only got about a minute left. Let's just quickly talk about Anthony Davis. He requested a trade. Nothing's really happened yet. It's possible he might sit out longer. Uh, it's reported that the Pelicans aren't interested in the Lakers' offer, which is apparently all of their first, uh, yeah. their young players and picks. Here, have and everyone. Want, yeah, they reportedly is Ball, Ingram, Hart, uh, Kuzma, I think, too, and then two picks, and they don't want that. So it sounds like they're not going to trade Anthony Davis. This trade deadline is going to wait until the offseason when they can open up for more suitors because right now it would just be the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, you know um, – you want to open. You want more teams to be bidding in order to get a better offer. Um, and so we saw that with like Kawhi Leonard, um, like they weren't just going to capitulate to the Spurs. And Greg Popovich talked about, uh, or there's a report saying that Greg Popovich talked to Dell Demps about not trading him to the Lakers and not just capitulating uh, to what the Lakers want. So I think that that's um, kind of important. But um, you got anything else to say? We only got about 30 seconds left. I don't know. Just thanks for having <laughs> me, dude. This has been Top of the Key, everyone. We're going to be back next week, next Friday, 10 to 11 p.m. Central Time, River West Radio. Find our iTunes page. We got everything. Uh, we want to welcome and thank Nick for filling in tonight. Otherwise, I'd do another solo show. Uh, remember to check out his podcast. Plug it again one time. Uh, the Everything is Temporary Podcast. Find it wherever you listen to podcasts. It's on iTunes? iTunes. Oh, yeah, that's right. Everything. You changed the name for it's that. It's on that's everything. Right. Yep. <laughs> All right, everyone. Well, we'll see you next week. Uh, we'll try to get into some more stuff for you. Bye, everybody. Have a good one.